Oh my god, what am I doing? So much for science. Science should not serve any agenda but the pursuit of knowledge. At least that's what I was taught when I learned about science and the scientific method. Most of us know that there is an atmosphere of ideology being more important than knowledge in the marketplace of ideas. But let me just remind you about that. There are three particular incidents that I want to touch on. One is about a high school student who is Asian because that might be important, who had to remove his science fair poster at CK McClatchy High School. This was from February 2018, but I just heard about it during the past month. The question posed was, if the average IQs of Blacks, Southeast Asians, and Hispanics are lower than the average IQs of non-Hispanic Whites and Northeast Asians, then the racial disproportionality in HISP is justified. That's an elite program that the high school runs. I just want to point out that a lot of articles talking about it kept saying African-American intelligence, but actually black does not mean African-American and that really annoys me and will always annoy me and he was talking about blacks, not African-Americans when he was writing the project. I think it was a he. I want to point out that many schools come under criticism because there are more of these underrepresented minorities in certain programs. After there were complaints, of course the project had to be pulled and people questioned the motivations of the research. The second incident concerns a professor named Theodore Hill, Professor Emeritus of Mathematics at Georgia Tech, and research scholar in residence at the California Polytechnic State University. I got all of the information for this incident from Quillet, by the way, and I'll leave links in the description. So Professor Hill was exploring a logical argument by using mathematics to explain why great variability might exist in one sex of a species. This would supplement an already known theory called greater male variability hypothesis, which states that when there is sexual dimorphism within a species that's male and female, one sex might have greater variability along a spectrum. And that tends to be males who display traits at the higher and lower ends of the spectrum, while females tend to display traits along the mean more often. This is used by people to explain why men are much more common at the high end of the achievement spectrum or more common in physics and mathematics departments, for example, but also more common at the lower end of the spectrum among the homeless and inmates, for example. There is more nuance to this than just these statements when it comes to sex differences, but basically this is what people are scared of when it comes to the research because it adds weight to an explanation for why they're not seeing the representation that they would like to see in certain programs. He had his paper removed by the New York Journal of Mathematics after it had been approved for publication. Other professors who had been working with him also withdrew their names from the paper. I also want to point out, so people know, that a senior professor of mathematics at the University of Chicago, Amy Wilkinson, was responsible for the removal of the paper from the Mathematical Intelligencer. At least she made the complaint, though the journal must have had the final decision. And Penn State Women in Mathematics Administrator Diane Henderson, Professor and Chair of the Climate and Diversity Committee, and Nate Brown, Professor and Associate Head for Diversity and Equity, secretly sent a letter to the National Science Foundation to remove evidence of their funding of the projects, of the research. The third and final incident also happened earlier in the year, in about May, but I didn't know about it until recently. A professor, Peter Ridge, was fired after repeated warnings from James Cook University after he rejected research that claimed human-caused impact on the Great Barrier Reef. He was also asked by James Cook University to keep quiet about his legal case and not tell anybody, not even his wife, because they didn't want him talking about the 
unreliability of institutional research, which was the case he was presenting. He believes that the Great Barrier Reef was not in trouble due to human-caused global warming or increased sediments in the water, and that much of the destruction is not placed in historical context, and the reef continually regrows after such periods of destruction. So not that the destruction doesn't happen, but that the conclusions people draw about it when it is happening might be wrong, mainly that being that it's man-made. Here's a statement from him. Last August, I made this point on Sky News in Australia in promotion of a chapter I wrote in Climate Change, The Facts 2017, published by the Australian free market think tank, the Institute of Public Affairs. The basic problem is that we can no longer trust the scientific organizations like the Australian Institute of Marine Science, even things like the Australian Research Council Center of Excellence for Coral Reef Studies. The science is coming out not properly checked, tested, or replicated, and this is a great shame because we really need to be able to trust our scientific institutions and the fact is I do not think we can anymore. That's what he said. According to them, they fired him on the grounds of how he disagreed with the research, not that he disagreed. His critics believe that his neutrality is compromised because his funding comes from marine dredging operations. The official James Cook University statement said, the university has objected to the manner in which he has done this. He has sensationalized his comments to attract attention, has criticized and denigrated published work, and has demonstrated a lack of respect for his colleagues and institutions in doing so. Academic rebuttal of his scientific views on the reef has been separately published. From reading that, I'm not exactly sure what he did, and to me, that's not justification. I'm not convinced that the university was not politically motivated or that their own funding interest aren't also compromised. According to Reid, what really got him in trouble is what he told Sky News about institutions not doing the right scientific work, which is a quote I read just now. I'm also curious about how long he had been working at James Cook University, as I think that would give a lot of context. A key point he made in a statement is that, I have asked the question, is this good enough quality control to make environmental decisions worth billions of dollars that are now adversely affecting every major industry in Northeast Australia? Our sugar industry has been told to make dramatic reductions in fertilizer application, potentially reducing productivity. Our ports have dredging restrictions that threaten their productivity. Scientists demand that coal mines be closed and tourists are scared away because the reef is supposedly almost dead, not worth seeing anymore. For these three cases, the kicker is what they are researching is important because public policy and social perception are being cemented around these topics. The professors are lucky because they, rightfully so, have cumulatively achieved status that helps them remain legitimate. Discrimination against certain groups is being advocated for. Institutions are constantly being criticized for lack of representation. Our public policy is shaping private commerce, mostly in defense of the environment. It should absolutely be up for debate when these things are such a hot topic in society. If they do not want these topics to be researched and debated, then the criticisms based on comparing these groups, for example, or wanting to shape public policy, have to stop. That's it. That's how you solve the problem. As I've said before, I don't like a lot of these studies about gender and race. I personally think people should be treated as individuals and studied as individuals, not groups, although I don't deny that those groups exist. Those are my personal feelings. That being said, I am curious about the research, particularly in the context of ignoring basic morality, like treating people equally in the name of giving a leg up to underrepresented groups. And I do want to hear about alternative hypotheses concerning the environment, because based on what I heard growing up, the world should be in a much worse state than it is right now. 
I don't have a distinct opinion on the environment, by the way. That's why I don't talk about it very much because I don't know enough data. I know lots of people think, well, it's just racist or it's sexist or it's just advancing corporate interests when it comes to the environment. And that can be true when an individual is interested in a certain topic or wants to do research in it. But it is also legitimate to have alternative hypotheses. And if it is done using the scientific method and results come that we don't like, then they should very well be heard and made public so you can do something about it. My brain cannot understand why people proclaim that science is the best for determining information on what's real, but then they knock it down because it's not the right kind of science. I mean, it's confusing and people should pick one. People should be refuting the data. The data, the analysis, the conclusions, the merits of the study, not the motivations of the person. That's not science. And if it's all wrong, we won't ever know. Because it's just the wrong kind of science. These are just a few examples. I'm not making the case for these people being right or wrong. I fully admit my own bias on these topics. I am making the case that people are silenced or attempts are made to silence them based on ideology and not on science. I just want to rant a little bit that when I learned about science and the scientific method, the scientists of the past had to go through hell and high water because people were married to dogma and religion. And that is why science is important. So today, I have to ask, which is it? Are you trying to be nice to people? Are you trying to maintain the status quo? Or are you trying to learn? And of course, people will be drawn to do research in areas that interest them. So they start with a hope and a bias. And that is why the process is important. So that even with bias, you can reach the quote-unquote truth or the working truth as when more information comes out, that truth may change. I'm not a genius. I don't have the most mathematical brain. I don't always understand everything written down. But I have a deep appreciation for knowledge and learning. I want to hear these people's thoughts. I do absolutely think that by trying to censor these issues, they make it worse. I do not think that pursuing explanations means that misogyny, for example, has to come from it. I am well aware that there are people who are misogynists or who are racist that will use research for those purposes or people who are interested in advancing corporate interests. But I am also aware that there are good people who have morals who will say it doesn't matter if the research says this. Human decency means that you should give people opportunity and treat them well. And I know that people do not need research to feel superior. They never have. The idea that because research claims superiority in one aspect means that discrimination follows is not something that has to automatically happen. Science is just a tool to these people, not a process. Part of me thinks that it's being done due to pure offense, but also to hinder progress in these areas of research, to use people as examples of what will happen if you research these topics. I'm worried. I'm not scared and I'm not trying to say it's the end of the world. Many people probably have gone through this in recent history, but I am genuinely worried about it. The solution to me is new institutions made up of people organizing themselves. I'm a big fan of crypto and blockchain, by the way. People are curious and will always be searching for knowledge. So they can kick people out. They can even try to delegitimize them, anybody outside of the established institutions. But that's fine. True critical thinkers will realize how odd it is to only ever hear one side of a debate and what it means for a fact to be true by how it responds to challenges against it. Then the only further route is the crushing of dissent through some kind of force where there is an inability to assemble and share. 
I personally don't think that will work out in the long term, even if people try. I have my beliefs about things, but I'm not saying that these people are right either. People mock the political rights and quote them saying they're making it a free speech issue, but it is a free speech issue. What it can do, not will, but can do, is change the conversation around these topics. But our societies may never get the chance to do that if people's minds are being policed.